0: So today we have, uh, for the very first time, Andrew bringing us the word. And uh, without much ado, uh, you say, why Andrew? You may ask, you know, we are careful about who we give the platform to. We don't give it lightly. He doesn't get it because he's my son. I can assure you of that. Okay, we watch people's life and their doctrine and basis which um we say you are qualified to share and i have had the privilege of watching andrew's life i've seen him wrestle with faith from a young age I, you know I, i've seen him pray and see god's answer to prayer i've seen his faith being tested being challenged and i've seen him make godly choices i've seen him struggle at times which is all part of all of our journeys with christ and so, it is
1: my honor to sit under your teaching today, Andrew. Over to you. Yes. Thank you. Never in my life have I studied the Bible so much as I did for this, for this uh, sermon. Okay, let's just start with prayer, and we'll get into the sermon. Okay. Yes, Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you. And we just want to praise you and we acknowledge, Lord, that you are God and you are in control of everything. I just pray, Lord, that as I bring this word, that you would speak through me and you would open up our hearts and our minds to be receptive to your word. I pray that we would be deeply touched by this and follow the examples that uh, are laid out in this passage. Amen. So this sermon, is this uh, teaching rather, is a follow-on from what we've been doing as a church in series. So today's passage is Acts 2 verses 42 to 47. So Acts 2 verses 42 and 40, uh, to 47. And I think last, last week we looked at uh, Pentecost and how the Holy Spirit came upon the people there and what 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 happened over there and here this part is a follow on of what happened after pentecost so after the holy spirit the baptism of the holy spirit what did the early church look like and yes yeah. and uh, and what happens in this community so acts 2 42 to 47 i'm just going to read the passage and then i'm going to start highlighting some points which uh, which kind of struck out to me. Okay, so verse 42 onwards. It's called the fellowship of the believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. which uh, is almost like a literary description of what happened so there's no uh, metaphors in that sense it's just telling you what is and what happened as is so a few points that uh, we can pick out from this is that yeah it uh, it is a fellow it is a follow on from pentecost so it shows you what uh, community looked like after pentecost it describes the life of the early church and uh, the activities described over here there are a bunch of act- there are a number of activities described are what the believers at that time did on a regular basis and what you notice as this uh, about these activities are they pay a huge amount of importance to teaching to the apostles teaching to prayer and uh, fellowship so these these three parts are very Mm -hmm. binding for this community teaching, prayer and fellowship and we see uh, almost as a result of these three things what the community looks like and what happens inside the community so just uh, the next verse after the teaching, the fellowship breaking of bread and prayer you see that everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the Apostles. So you can see that because the Holy Spirit came upon them, they were devoted to prayer, they were devoted to breaking of bread, to teaching signs, wonders, and miracles followed. And everyone was filled with awe at these signs, wonders, and miracles. So then that means that these signs and wonders were not small things. They were pretty big things. And so, yeah. That is, that is one very key integral aspect, I would say, that people were awestruck by the miracles that were happening. And then further on, it says, all the believers were together and they had everything in common, which means they had a very strong community. They had a very strong sense of you know a family in that sense, to be able to say, okay, what's mine is yours. Uh, and to go on they had fellowship in homes so we, so we see that uh, these guys paid a lot of attention to their neighbours to how they were what circumstance they were in and not only that they were friends because you don't really invite people over for a meal uh, on a regular basis unless you like that person right so uh, yeah So that just goes to show that these guys were very close-knit. Fellowship in homes, having food, breaking of bread, prayer, all of these activities, uh, which, which doesn't really happen in today's context in the sense that I'm not that friendly with my neighbor. I don't even know my neighbor. But these guys had... Community with each other in such to such an extent where they were sharing each, uh, sharing possessions with each other. I mean, the other day my neighbor asked me for ice, and that's about it. So, <laughs> if you if you see that in context, uh, right now at least in my life, I don't have that kind of a community or relationship with my immediate neighbors as these guys had uh, back then. Now. Uh, Further on it says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So the breaking of bread was a very important part because it's it's actually mentioned twice in this entire thing. First in the beginning and then uh, subsequently when it uh, describes what uh, religious activities they were doing. And then further on it says, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. So you see, through breaking of bread, through prayer, through devotion, they suddenly started enjoying the favor of all the people, not some people or most people or a certain community, all people. So I'm assuming that there... Enjoyed the favor of God within their community as well as those who are not within their community. So putting that in context for say today, I as of now I enjoy the favor of my boss not because I'm me, but I would say it's just because of the grace of God. Because uh, this is actually a true story because there's a certain manager of ours and he's he's a little harsh with. Everyone and uh, and and what happens is it's not very easy to get along with him. But for some reason, he's just very nice to me, and I don't know why. So I'm just viewing it as a, as the favor of God. So, look, just to put things in a work context, if something is required, say on tomorrow, he start yelling at people and say hey, you get this done, etc., etc., etc. And with me, he's like, are oh, you, it's okay. You can you give it to me by Wednesday also. It's fine. And I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> you know. So just enjoying the favor of God. And I'm pretty sure that uh, these people enjoyed something similar to that. So enjoying the favor of God is really, it's a blessing. And I think it does stem from uh, how your relationship with God is. And also about how your relationship with his members in the community are. So it's, a, it's almost like a two-way process. Uh, I think we've, we've covered this a lot in many other sermons about as you sow, you reap. And, you know, uh, dipping into the, the bank of heaven where if you haven't deposited anything in heaven, you can't make a withdrawal. So it's it, that's just a side note. But anyway, so I want to bring three key points uh, or highlight three key points today. And those three points are, first, prayer, teaching, and fellowship. The second point is generosity and community. And the third one is growth and favor among all. Okay, from these three passages. So the first point is prayer, teaching, and fellowship. Second point is generosity and community. Third is growth and favor among all. So let's just look at the prayer, the teaching, and fellowship. Now I think these three are extremely important for our Christian faith and the building up of our a uh, building up of our Christian faith, as it were. So teaching, yes, we have to be submitted to uh, the teaching of God's word and understanding what Jesus wants to tell us, not what we want to tell each other. Or what we want to, or what we think people should know, but more about what Jesus has to say on this matter, because there's a lot of worldly wisdom out there which may seem fine uh, on the surface level, but it may not necessarily be godly. So, what does the word say? What is, what are the biblical principles behind, uh, behind learning or behind doing something? I think that is a very important thing, and that you'll get. Only if you're plugged into a local church where you're actively listening to the Word of God and actively want to be changed by it. So it's not only listening, but it's actually putting it into practice. So that would be teaching. And uh, prayer. Prayer is also a very important part of our Christian faith because we are called to pray. When we pray, we know that there is a Father in heaven who hears our prayer and who answers us. There are so many scriptures in the Bible which talk about prayer, about how to pray, about what happens when you pray. And just, just to give you one of the scriptures that I picked up on prayer, it's Romans 12, 12. So I'm just going to turn to Romans 12, 12. And Romans 12, 12 says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. So the last part, faithful in prayer. Now we have a 24 by 7 prayer chain and I know that most of you guys are on it and we have been faithfully praying uh, throughout, ever since we started uh, lockdown. We also have our uh, Friday prayer or Thursday prayer, sorry, Friday gym. Now we've combined the two. Uh, so yeah, we do, we do a lot of prayer as well and that is very good because the Bible says we have to be Faithful in prayer, not just once off or praying for our own needs or problems. But I think as a community, as a word of grace community, we are pretty good at this because we do take into consideration other people's needs over us. And not only that, but we do—we are called to pray for, uh, for our leaders, for the economy, for our bosses. We are called to pray for all of these people. And our prayers work. Our prayers do work and uh, just to highlight about fellowship i'm going to turn to 1 thessalonians five eleven. 1 thessalonians 5 verse 11 which says therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing so this this uh, this verse uh, i would like to bring to you in a context of fellowship where there is good fellowship among believers, we always want to seek to encourage and build up one another instead of tearing each other down. There's a lot of negativity out there in the world, but if we want to build a healthy community, it starts by encouraging and helping one another succeed. So I'm not in it just for me or in it for my success, but I'm also in it for your success because you are my brother, you are my sister and it brings me great joy to see you succeed and uh, in encouraging and building one another up we build an atmosphere of positivity and something which is godly because as it says when you once you renew your mind when you renew your mind you start thinking the way god would think and a lot of creativity and a lot of uh, i would say a lot of a lot of different ways of solving problems or looking at something occur when you have the mind of Christ. So encouraging your fellow believers and telling them, come on, you can do this or let's do this together. It builds one another, both spiritually, mentally, as well as physically, depending on what you're doing. And healthy community is very important for having a good relationship with God as well as each other because you can't have a good relationship with god and still and hate your brother or sister now we'll just move on to the second point which is generosity and community which were two other very important aspects of the early church as you can see in the passage nobody lacked anything not because there was no need there was need but nobody lacked anything because everyone was generous with what they had. And even to the extent of selling off their own possessions to help somebody else in need. Now that for me is like, wow, because, uh, I don't think (laughs) I would sell off something of mine to help somebody else. Unless that person was really, really close to me. And that person was in dire need of, uh, something like, almost like a life and death situation. But uh, over here, generosity just overflowed with these people as the Holy Spirit just changed them, convicted them. And I, I believe to a certain extent they had this sense of family more than anything because I don't see strangers selling possessions to help another stranger. Right? So that for me is a very very touching verse in that sense that people were willing to sell off their possessions to help another brother in need. They just didn't say okay brother we'll pray for you I hope everything is fine. They actually took steps to do something to help their fellow brothers and sisters in need. And to talk about generosity and community I'm, I'm going to go back to scripture and talk. I'm going to turn to Proverbs 19 verse 17 so proverbs 19 verse 17 which says whoever is kind to the poor lends to the lord and he will reward them for what they have done now this is this is a scripture which tells us the benefits of being kind to the poor not that We should be being, not that we should be kind to the poor just for the benefits of it, but uh, as you sow, you reap, right? So if you are kind to the poor and you lend to them, it says it's as good as lending to the Lord. And we know that God is no man's debtor. Jesus is no man's debtor. So If you lend to the Lord who is perfect, who is his, his character is just one of goodness that uh, rewards good with good. Imagine what uh, he would do, and imagine how the Lord feels when we take care of the poor and those who are uh, less fortunate than us. Imagine how the Lord feels when he looks and sees how we have compassion on people, just as how he has compassion. On us, uh, I was talking about generosity and community. We just finished Proverbs 19:17. Now I'm going to go to Colossians 3:13. Colossians 3 verse 13 says, "Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone." Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Why am I bringing this verse up? It's because in community, not everything is hunky-dory all the time. We do uh, get into disagreements. We do have differences of opinion. Sometimes we get into fights over you didn't do this or you didn't do that. Or There are always misunderstandings. And part of being a healthy community is being able to uh, work the issue out and resolve conflict in a healthy manner. And uh, so just bearing with each other, forgiving one another, and uh, making sure that you realize that for he who has been forgiven much, you need to also forgive. I think that is a very... Uh, important aspect because I think we as Christians, uh, me included, uh, tend to have a lot of grace for ourselves but no grace for other people when they make mistakes. So we can justify our behavior because he did this or she did that or he pushed the wrong buttons in me. But when we see somebody else behave that way, we're very quick to judge and say, oh, how can they behave like that? These guys are supposed to be Christians. And for us to remember that the Lord has forgiven us for our sins and we should be patient and quick to forgive with others as well, which is all part of community at the end of the day. It's all part of growing uh, with one another and learning to live with each other's differences and celebrating those differences, in fact. So... Remember the next time you get into an argument with somebody, bear with each other, forgive, extend grace, and remember that somebody probably extended grace to you and you behaved in a certain manner where they didn't like that, but they didn't let you feel like uh, you were, you know, getting on their nerves because they extended grace. Now, oops. The third and final point that I want to bring today is uh, what happened as a result of the uh, as a result of the early church's commitment to the word, to prayer, fellowship, the breaking of bread. Yes, signs, wonders, and miracles happened, but further on, it says that daily uh, people were being added to their number daily. That means that the gospel was spreading and also they enjoyed the favor of all. Now, I did touch a little bit upon the favor part, but I just want to talk about this part right now, the growth. Growth of this, this the early church, the believers, the community happened, uh, I would say not only because of the power of God. Yes, that is the number one factor. But also... Wouldn't you like to live in a community like this? They made it so um, attractive in that sense that people wanted to know what is different about these people. How is it that they are living in harmony with with each other? How is it that they have established such a wonderful community and being added to their number, you you find out what's actually going on. When the peace and love of God surrounds you, your life is changed. And as a result of that, the lives of people around you also change. Like uh, I believe a few, so many sermons ago, we, we spoke about bringing favor into the workplace. The favor of God is upon you, not for you only, but for those around you. So you bring the favor of God into your workplace and suddenly you begin to see success and prosperity just just happens, uh, be, not because of anything so different that you're doing. It's because of Jesus. And I would say a community that looked as attractive as these guys would definitely raise some eyebrows within the community outside of them and say, these guys seem different, you know? What's, what's different about them? What has changed? In John's life, I remember him gambling a few weeks ago. And now he's just up. So, you know, when when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you have a life-changing transformation. And you live in a community which supports that life-changing transformation. I think that is also another important aspect to realize. The community around you helps you remain strong and helps you in that life-changing transformation. It's not I've been transformed, I'm changed, and now I can go sit at the gambling table and not gamble. It's I've been changed, and I have a community that supports me and pulls me away from that. So just to touch upon growth, favor, and spreading of the gospel, I want to just turn to Psalm 5 verse 12. Psalm 5 verse 12 says, Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous, you surround them with your favor as with a shield. So you can see that the Lord will bless the righteous and surround them with favor and a shield of protection. But you can see what the favor part was happening for these uh, early Christians because the Lord blessed them and Viewed them as righteous. Not because of their works, obviously, but also because of the life they were living. They were living a godly, upright life. And as a result of that, they enjoyed the favor of God. And so that brings me to the end of the three points. But uh, I do want to encourage us to model our lives. Uh, in a way similar to what was happening with the early church. Now, I know that we're in lockdown. It's not practical for us to meet every day and break bread in each other's homes. But a picture of community is this. We're all agreeing to join a Zoom group. We all have bread and wine. Each of us are contributing in some way. uh, Wherever anyone has been in need in the church, we have been pretty quick to identify and help that particular person uh, in this time of need. And I, I would definitely say that we as Word of Church are on the right track in the sense on into building a good healthy community of supporting one another. We have a prayer chain where we are praying for one another's needs. We are praying for one another's success and we are Devoted to studying the Bible. I think Dad has started uh, a Bible study on Saturdays for those who are interested. And we can see that slowly, slowly, we are getting more and more connected into the word and getting opportunities to uh, show what we have learned, to show how God has transformed our lives, and to testify to his goodness for uh, the prayers that are being answered through the continual praying of our community. And I would pray that we would continue to do this even after lockdown lifts, and that we would actually build much stronger bonds when we can actually meet each other physically and share a meal. So that would be my takeaway from this passage and prayer for all of us. Uh, If anyone wants to close in prayer very quickly, I would ask, Mm -hmm. let's see uh auntie debbie can you just close in prayer